This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Mortal Kombat 2021. Finish him. Finish him. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via motion spoiler for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other home movie topic. This is episode 448. 448. It's it's perfect for the uh, the Mortal Kombat movie that we're going to be talking about. You know, the studio 448 made it. It's not even a joke there. It's just no. Nope. <laughs> Couldn't think of anything else. Anything, it's head. just a, it's just a spoiler for the next sentence. That's all that is. <laughs> they read the title of the of the podcast. I assume everyone watch, listens to this podcast blind. Just just cold. Yeah. They see a new download. They put their thumb in front of the screen. They're like, I'm just going to press play. That's not how you do podcasts? Nope. nope, nope, nope. That's how you did voting back in 1938. You just put your finger on the ballot. You're like, I'm not going to. I'm just going to press one of the buttons. That one. And so I was like, what's a button? I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to mark something with my pencil. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we're talking. Yes, yeah, so we're talking Mortal Kombat this week on the podcast. Um, yeah, the new the new Mortal Kombat, available in theaters and HBO Max simultaneously, as they like to say. Um, and joining us to discuss Mortal Kombat, we have from the movies, flicks, bleh, from the movies, films, and flicks podcast, <laughs> and the Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. His fatality is using an abacus to smash his opponent's faces. It's Mark Mark Hoffmeyer. Oh, thank you to have me. And I gotta tell you, after watching Mortal Kombat 2021, I'm really excited about my jet ski birthmark that I've had since birth. <laughs> so I wonder what that's gonna mean for me, like. I hope there's an intergalactic tournament coming up, like a jet no, ski tournament. I feel tournament. as though you're going to be met by, um, uh, you know, the eastbound and down crew. That's yeah, me and Kenny Powers cruising through exactly. a lake in Florida. You're Perfect. fucking in, I'm fucking out. Or you're fucking out, I'm fucking in. <laughs> also Team up jo- with the people from, uh, oh, never mind. All right, sorry. <laughs> also joining us from the video game podcast DLC and host of the official Last of Us podcast, he doesn't deal fatalities. Only friendships, but his his animality is a platypus. It's Christian Spicer. Yeah, I mean, this I have my questions have finally been resolved about this podcast birthmark that I too um, actually was not <laughs> born with. I got it after that horrific podcast accident of 2007, where not everybody made it out, and I left, and suddenly I had this birthmark. I still call it a birthmark, even though I wasn't <laughs> born with it. It's a you mic- the origin of it. Yeah, it's a microphone, right? That's what it is. Yeah, it's a microphone and. Oddly enough, it was a Shure 58, or you know, so it's like I don't know how, but it works. Oh, very specific birthmark. We have some interesting intergalactic tournaments coming up for both of us. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I, I'll look forward to your tweets about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how tournaments usually go. Whether you win or lose, you just tweet about it. You know, it's, it's when you're not fighting, you're just tweeting. Yeah. I do, yeah, I like that it's an intergalactic tournament, but the only way to know what happened is through tweet <laughs> through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jet ski selfies scare me. Probably don't want to do that. Yeah. So There's that's going to be interesting. There's two hands on this theory. There's not somebody like jet skiing a cranberry juice singing on TikTok or something? Whoa. Mm. Is that a thing? That would, that that would that never parody? be that relaxed. Like, what made that work was how relaxing it was. Like, There's nothing about jet skiing that's relaxing. It would I just feel be like somebody that owns a jet ski probably knows how to relax at a jet ski. I don't, I don't, I know a lot of jet ski owners. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're all pretty pretty crazy. I'm sure they're all drinking Monster Energy drink right now, screaming. I don't, I don't know, Christian. Yeah. When you ever when you play like Wave Race 64, weren't you just relaxed? 
I mean, because of the amount of selfies I was taking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think we're all doing pretty good here today. So glad, glad to have you guys back on the podcast. Mark, I know we've had you on just, just a few months ago talking about that Denzel Washington movie that wasn't nominated for an Oscar, thankfully. But uh, good. Good to, good to have you here again. Oh, this is great. And we did talk about that movie and you just reminded me of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think less... There was that wow. weird there was that weird like month period where like, is Jared Leto going to get an Oscar nomination? And we're like, no, please don't do that. And then they didn't. And the world moved on. So it all, it all worked out. <laughs> But uh, but uh, Christian, I know it's been it's been several years since we've had you on the podcast. So I'm glad to have you back as well. Hi, Christian. Yeah, I'm glad you finally returned my text. I feel like every week <laughs> oh, I'm like dang. I watch the movie, I'm ready to go, and then it's just silence. And then, you know, finally, um, pre-podcast, I um, engulfed myself in a, a cloud of smoke and showed up at your door and was like, "Yo, are we gonna do this or not?" So I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be <laughs> and, I, and I was all get over here, and then here we are doing the podcast. <laughs> I'm jealous that you have his phone number. (laughs) Yeah, you can only tweet at him. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, it is is good to have you guys on here, and I'm looking forward to talking about the film, of course, as well as all the other things we do. But let's get to some show notes real quick. First up, new commentary track. Uh, Every month we do a commentary. For the past several months, we've been doing the Handle Lecter series. So we talked about Manhunter, we talked about Silence of the Lambs, we talked about Red Dragon, and this, or, sorry, we talked about Hannibal. This month we talked about Red Dragon, uh, which was a lot of fun. But uh, we're, uh, we're approaching the end of this month and leading to the final month of this marathon, which of course will result in Hannibal Rising, the uh, favorite of the series that everyone talks about all the time and nobody does not remember. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be, uh, <laughs> some would say it's all been leading to this, but we'll, uh, see how that goes when we talk, when we record our next commentary, but you can find all our commentaries and everything we do, uh, as far as this podcast goes on iTunes, where you can also leave us a rating and review. Give us a, uh, you can search for our podcast on out there in a name, give us a star rating and a review. That'd be great. Thank you so much in advance. Five stars, please. Um, what else? Um, our Oscar prediction show. By the time you're listening to this, oh. we'll have already passed the Oscars. But I will say, last last Friday, Abe and I, along with my lovely girlfriend and Mark Hopin, uh, we all joined together to do an Oscar predictions round, which is super fun. And then, following the Oscars, we recorded our results show, uh, which I, I assume one of us emerged victorious, or we had a four way tie, and it was just <laughs> just all around just good times. Champagne all around for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. But regardless, you can find those episodes. Those are always a lot of fun to record as well. Um, yeah, it's super fun to do. And lastly, um, Abe, it's a, yes. it's almost that time, summer movie time, which means I, I don't remember these things because we've had a year off. I know we had a year off, but guess what? The summer gamble is going to return. We are bringing oh, it back, baby. That, that's the end of the tease. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just uh, keep that in mind. Some, mm-hmm. Summer stuff's happening. And uh, you know what? Speaking of speaking of movies and uh, things that are happening. Uh, it was uh, my anniversary this weekend with my lovely girlfriend, Anna, who's been on this podcast many times, and I just want to say happy anniversary. Uh, we, we met at the Newport Beach Film Festival, and um, we are together and having a wonderful time being in love with each other. So just wanted to shout that out as well. And, uh, okay. I think we're done with show notes, unless, Abe, you have any random shout outs you want to suddenly throw in there? I do not, know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, let's get uh, let's get to it, then. Let's get to some out-now quickies. Trademark. Each week now, now we only do it to talk about the guy who took the keys. That is trademarked, all of that. Okay. 
Uh, Mark, let's start with you. What other movies have you seen recently? Oh, geez Louise. What other movies have... Oh, okay. People are going to hate on me for this, but I watched Monster Hunter, the Paul W.S. Anderson movie, who... I don't know. It's fun. I liked watching Tony Jaa and Mila Jovovich fight unnecessarily for about 10 minutes. Just have a massive brawl. And then Ron Perlman with like, I don't know. I liked it. That's about it. I enjoyed it. I like Monster Hunter. Some people were like, it sucks. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's fun. It's Tony Jaa and Mila Jovovich just brawling. And then there's monsters that they hunt. And then they battle some spiders. And it's just a classic Paul W.S. Anderson move i mean i like that he went to namibia to middle of the desert to actually get some good production design the monsters are you know fun i've never played the video game before but i, I enjoyed it i think if you're just looking for a fun popcorn movie that is in no way i don't know pretentious monster hunter's cool i dug it i liked it i'm gonna watch it again christian any strong thoughts on monster hunter Nope. It's this game series i always try to get into but i never am able to stick with unfortunately i um i'm have no desire to watch the film, but I'm glad that people out there liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it continues. That's like this. It that's like the Sting thing from Zoolander, where it's like uh, I like that he's still making. <laughs> I like that he's out there. I don't really know him, but he's still doing it. <laughs> I, I, it just continues my theory that everything that's not Resident Evil that Paul W. Sanderson does, I tend to like. So I was like, yeah, this does this does it for me. I just like Tony Jaa getting more of a platform. I mean, if this means more people watch Ung Bak. Or go watch Triple Threat and then get introduced to Scott Adkins and then like him a lot. Then somehow find their way to The Night Comes for Us with Joe Tazzle and Nico Ue. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's kind of what I want to happen. Like, who's this Tony Jaa guy? What's Ong Bak? What's the protector? And then it opens this, up. Where's my elbow? It yeah. does seem like the direct route to that. Like, there's no shorter way to get to this <laughs> Five degrees of Tony Jaa. Be like, You've really thought about the, uh, the pathway that people should take. I, if I, only he was in a movie with Kevin Bacon, then it would be gold. Mm. But, Everyone would have seen it by now. Mr. Groover yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get him this time. <laughs> That's the tagline. Yeah. <laughs> I was on screen with Kevin Bacon. I wrestled with him in the following. I was working on the crew and they cast these tiny cops. So they brought me and the stunt coordinator in and dressed us up as cops. And I had to wrestle with him and Purifoy uh, during the pilot when they shot it in Atlanta. Wait, what's so, a tiny cop? Well, they this like, so James. <laughs> They're like regular six, cops, but, but smaller. Yeah. And so when the cops stood next to James Purefoy, they were much smaller than him. So then they dressed us up. And then so I had to spend a day. I got paid twice. So that was cool. But go. yeah, I, I got my I got my I'm, I'm a degree of bacon. So that's cool. <laughs> well, Christian, how about you? What other movies have you seen recently? Um, potentially, if people are listening to this, maybe it's a now an Academy Award winning movie. But I just finally got around to watching Promising Young Women, Woman, Promising Young Woman. Um phenomenal i mean uh dark trigger warning for you know abuse and and sexual assault and the things that it covers but just sharp um it still manages to surprise and just phenomenal performances with like a um oddly pop bubblegum veneer on top that's subversive in so many ways it's it's a phenomenal film and i'm i I'm kicking myself that it took me this long to watch it, but it's really, really good. Well, good, glad you're Yeah, we talked about yeah, this the, recently. The production design I love, just the pastel colors and like at the coffee shop and then just the way she does her nails. Like, I think it's a really neat, like just the way they balance that. I thought it was so cool. And for like a super, well, not low budget movie, but I think it looked great. I, I dug it. I love that movie. 
Yeah, limited sets and locations, but used really, really well and excellent performances and, and the looks, the juxtaposition between her home and the coffee shop and, and out on the town and, and like the aesthetic that kind of carries it through creates this nice cohesive through line while at the same time clearly setting it in each place and letting you know kind of the feel that goes that goes along with each. It's it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Abe, how about you? What have you seen recently? You know, every so often I'll watch Moneyball for no real reason other than I really like it. It's about the Oakland A's and I live in the Bay and the score is very good. And then I think to myself, yeah, let's just keep watching this every two months. So I watched Moneyball. Great. Any any new thoughts? Still good. Still good. <laughs> Bradley or Brad Pitt. I, he was my vote for uh, the Oscars that year. Although I can't remember who he, he was up against. 2011, so probably what, Jean Dujardin. <laughs> there you go, Brad Pitt should have won Best Actor. Um, I I like that as part of the universe where Spike Jones appears for like five minutes just to be like, hey, it's me, Spike Jones. That and Three Kings. Well, he's probably more. And more uh, Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street was the other one where he just like pops in. He just shows up for like a quick minute. He just shows up to give Leo a job, and then Leo does like an amazing job and takes all the yeah. people that work there. <laughs> he's got that stash too, I think, in in, uh, in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, right? he's, yeah, he's he's rocking the stash. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Um. Okay. I've seen a few things. Um. <laughs> first up, I'll, t- I'll talk about a couple shows. One is Them. So an Amazon Prime. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is maybe the worst show I've streamed in a long time. Uh, I really did not like it. Uh, it concerns a a black family in the 1950s that moves to Compton. In the 1950s, Compton was very white, and it, the annoying thing is like it's it's the like it's a well made production. Like it has the budget to do what it needs to do. The actors are generally good. The performances are strong. And in its best moments, it's effective at conveying a certain, like, time period and what the kind of, like, turning someone into the other just based off one specific thing. The problem is I think the writing is terrible in this show. And I think the storyline is not only, like, disturbing and upsetting, because that's what it's designed to do, but upsetting and disturbing in a way that I, I don't think it justifies the means for getting across what it's trying to go for. And because of that, it's just an incredibly hard watch for 10 episodes. Now, you might ask me, why did I keep sticking with it through 10 episodes if I was already disliking it? I was I was giving it the benefit of the doubt for the first couple of episodes. Of like, I feel like this is going somewhere. Then it gets to a certain point where awful things happen. And I'm thinking, well, now I feel like I'm pot committed because I need to get to the end to see, like, a reversal of this state. And... <laughs> I mean, it, thematically, it tries to get across something, but I don't think it ultimately succeeds. So really, it would just ended up being a miserable experience watching these episodes <laughs> of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I am aware it's an anthology series, much like American Horror Story. I say that because the show is designed to be... It's it's designed like as a horror show, but just in a more realistic grip. But that said, there is like supernatural stuff, which I think also is to the show's detriment. Like I feel like you're already giving me horrible racist people. Like I don't need ghosts and shit on top of that. Like that's not making it better for me. But the thing to is, pull an Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. maybe you do. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I I don't know if it would work any wow. better, but like it didn't. I don't feel like it helped it. But regardless, I say right. it's an anthology, so it's like well. The stuff involved is 
again, like, it's a well-made show. Like, maybe the second season, because it'll be different, it'll do something different. So it's like, I'm in this annoying place where, like, I'm curious if, like, you know, the second season, which will follow a different set of people, will have anything better going for it. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it certainly has made the trades in terms of its uh, controversial killings on screen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen with Lena Waithe and... In uh, season three of uh, Master of None, do you think that they're still going to go this route? I mean, that so yeah, their Master of None's coming back in May, and it's following her character specifically. I think Aziz just like directed and maybe co-wrote like the season, but uh, interesting announcement that suddenly came out of nowhere. So <laughs> uh, the other thing I watched, which is also an animal, uh, on Amazon, animal on Amazon, yeah. uh, which is not done yet, but it's Invincible. Um, uh-huh. The uh, based off the. Um, Robert Kirkman, Robert Ryan Otley comic series, which is one of my favorite comic series ever. Um, the animated adaptation of the show. It's been terrific. The, the last episode is next week, and I can't wait, but I feel like this show has been as far, especially in the world of guess what's popular right now? Big superhero Marvel shows, let alone other superhero things. This is like the best thing that I've seen in that realm, so I uh, very much heartily recommend it. I don't even Yeah, uh, thank you for turning me on to that. I didn't I I had it, but I didn't really know what it was and then you wrote about how much you loved it. So I was like, okay, I'll check this out. And I've, I love the ride so far. Yeah, I mean and the voice talent too, just oh across. God. It's like yeah. who's that my that voice sounds familiar that person doing two lines. Oh, that's John Hamm. Okay. Uh <laughs> it's just top to bottom absolutely incredible casting and really really well done and a great adaptation of that For of that sure. comic too that yeah yeah so i not, not much more needed to be said if you like superhero <laughs> stuff this is a show to get into and yes the oxygen's being sucked out of the room by all the like falcon and winter soldier stuff and all these things this is this one very much i think tops what those things are doing um so yeah the last thing i'll mention real quick uh stowaway this is the new movie on netflix it's a space movie. Um, it features uh, Tony Collette, Anna Kendrick, and Daniel Day Kim as astronauts that are on a space mission to Mars. Turns out there's another guy that's also on the ship that they didn't know, and he kind of accidentally got on board. And they now have to deal with how do we make ourselves get to Mars despite being set for three people? Well, now we have four. Um, in the realm of like compelling space drama type stuff, and the realm of things like gravity or... I don't know, The Martian, what have you, like in recent years. Uh, this one's pretty good. It's I like it more than the George Clooney one, uh, Midnight Sky. Sky. Yeah, from a couple months ago. Um, it's from the director of Arctic. It's a Mads Mikkelsen movie from a couple years ago, uh, which I really liked as well. And it has a lot of the same themes as far as like survival or what have you. So uh, I, I, th- I think it... Given like a for a space movie on a somewhat modest budget, I think it did a good job. I think it did its job well as far as what it's trying to accomplish. I think the characters are well handled. Um, it presents a good amount of drama that's believable enough in the in the um, kind of the the world that it's set up. So I no, I, I enjoyed it as far as a, a Netflix uh, sci-fi movie goes. The the way you explained it made me think that Jason Siegel from Knocked Up just stowed away on it and it's just one of those guys on the ship with them just uh should not be there does that make sense like well, well how do i get it you know what i mean like just adds that kind of thing well when he when he pops out they actually play um talking heads <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did i get here like it, it, it's, yeah. it's like really comical at first and they're like wait a minute we're gonna die if we don't do something about this so it gets really dramatic also <laughs> jim belushi is on the ship Classic Belouche, always just say. Yeah, that's a movie you'd do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's enough cookies. Trademark. 
let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. We're talking about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, when it's coming out, and what have you. This week we're talking Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, a title that everyone's going to say in full every single time. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a new uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe film. It stars Simi Liu as... I guess just a, a guy that's been he was raised by Tony Lung, so that's already like pretty cool. And then like his his inert martial arts skills uh, propel him into a superhero dom, as as things tend to do. Um, I don't know much about this character, honestly. I uh, but I know that the you know it's a mar it's a Marvel movie. It's got you know it's got a a solid a, a solid international cast, and it's directed by Destin Daniel Cretton of uh, Short Term Twelve fame. Um, so with those, uh, sparse, uh, things out in the open, uh, let's, let's talk about this trailer a little bit. Christian, what'd you think of the trailer for Shang-Chi? I thought it was stunning. Absolutely gorgeous. I loved the cinematography or maybe the direction behind it. I think it's probably column A, column B and the different looks we're seeing just in this trailer from, you know, kind of a, a scene on a bus that to me invokes, you know, the hallway scene from Daredevil or something like that, where it's this crowded, tense, you know, not a lot of uh, places to go, kind of awesome fight moves in a compact space to something that kind of evoked Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon for me, like the treetop running and that flying. And then there's a shot of neon soaked synth wave kind of, you know, 80s vibe, cyberpunk aesthetic. And even just in a trailer, I think it would still manage to connect those scenes um, by just kind of what I'm assuming is uh, jumping through time in a way. We see a moment that looks like it's a battle, maybe from, you know, ancient times uh, in terms of like the dress and, and the armor being used. And I think it's super compelling. I, I, I like the, what looks like, um, uh, guessing a lot here, but kind of the change of the 10 rings from the comics that are rings that you wear on a hand. Now they look kind of like uh, bracelets that go up the arm, maybe almost form kind of a gauntlet of sorts. I don't know if they ever connect, but just really, really cool, and and I like that Marvel continues to put the spotlight on um, arguably smaller characters over the years. Maybe they needed to start that way back in the day with Iron Man because they didn't have Spider-Man or the X-Men you know, in-house mm-hmm. to make movies on. But I like that they're continuing to do that with this film and then the upcoming Eternals. And, and even, as you mentioned, Falcon and Winter Soldier headlining a Disney Plus show like – Falcon, Winter Soldier aren't big, you know, top line heroes in the comics for a lot of years and to have them headline their own thing. And now this trailer showing off more smaller characters and doing it in a way that's so visually stunning, in my opinion. I'm, I'm very excited for the film. Very cool. Are you, are you familiar with the uh, with the character outside of just knowing that it's going to be a part of this? Because I've had Marvel Unlimited for a very long time, yes, but mm-hmm. like not, I haven't gone back and and read the character's entire back catalog. But I think uh, it's far like, farther than me, so you're you're good. <laughs> he, he's popped up time and time again. I think it was like uh, not Secret Wars, but the last main run. I think it was an Avengers initiative, maybe from 2010, 2015. But there's good stuff out there, and I I also think it's you know I don't know. This is just uh, off the top of my head. But I feel like Iron Fist got ruined so badly uh-huh. <laughs> on the Netflix mm-hmm. films. I'm excited to see Marvel Studios tackle a character that um, isn't the same, but I think can be treated in a way that, that makes some visually stunning fights that we never got with Iron Fist. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Mark, how about you? Looking forward to Shang-Chi? Yeah, I'm just, I mean, Bill Pope shot it. He shot some of my favorite superhero movies like Dark Man or like uh, he did Scott Pilgrim, the comic book adaptation, Spider-Man 2, Matrix, the Baby Driver. Yeah. The dude, I mean, he's going to make it look great. I also, I just like, I just want something different. Like Invincible just felt so new to me. I wanted something new. And as much as I like Thor, Captain America, Avengers, X-Men, Spider-Man, like I just want new things on screen. Like just give me new stories. And that's what this, I mean, obviously it's based on a comic book, but I'm just looking forward to something more like this. I don't know. It's fun. Bring bring some martial arts in there. I, I dig it. And I, I, you know, sometimes the comparisons get to me, but I do like that Skyfall-esque fight that they have coming up. I think uh, that looks sure. pretty neat in there, but no, I, I dig it. Also, Bill Pope shot fire in the sky and that movie like wrecked young me. So <laughs> I just have to give him props for that, but no, it, it, just give me more of this, like more Eternals, more, more Shang-Chi. Just, I, I can't wait for more. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to watch it. And the trailer did exactly what it should. Got me pumped up. Got Aquafina in there. She's always cool. So I'm happy. It's going to be good. Hey, yeah, I'm on the same page with everybody else. I was watching the trailer and uh, like what Christian was saying, blown away by the action set pieces. I continue or I hope that they continue to be super vibrant and strong uh, when watching the film. Um, and then I was like, is that Tony Lung? <laughs> and then I kept watching the trailer. And I was like, is that Tony Lung? And I was like, oh, wow, Tony Lung's in this movie. And so I'm just like on board because Tony Lung is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he gets some he gets some kind of hero shots that dolly shot yeah that kind of cuts with him centered on screen like that looks cool and I'm, I'm yeah. so happy that he got that yeah me too and to everybody's point I'm curious what Marvel's gonna do in this phase four that we're in and and how we're all gonna coalesce together um coalesce uh basically come together but I I am curious like where this is all going because um I don't know that much about Shang Chi I don't have uh as much knowledge about any of these other side characters that they're going to go into, but let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I'm largely in agreement with everything you guys have said. I think the movie looks, it looks like a fun Marvel movie, which is all you really ask for when it comes to these things. But at the same time, I, you know, I'm happy, obviously, for the level of international representation going on here. I'm sure that's going to make many happy as well. And yeah, the cat, I mean, given that, the cast does look strong. I've been saying for a while, I think Tony Lung would have made a great Bruce Wayne. So the fact that he's just in one of these movies is like, cool, great. Let's make that happen. <laughs> let's see how that goes. <laughs> nice. And, you know, I, I like that the trailer is the, it, it asks like, what if we did speed, but in San Francisco? Like, I like that that's a big part of it. And it's like, okay, like, that's, that's something. And also there's what, like, like giant, like, uh, like lions or tigers or something. It's like speed yeah. in San Francisco. That would be amazing. Going I, 50 I mean, miles uphill. I mean, that's what, they're, that's what they're giving us <laughs> at the end of that trailer. So I'm like, yes. yeah, all right. Um, I, I, I be given, as you mentioned, Christian, the kind of the, the bringing up awareness of smaller characters or, you know, not the, you know, the top tier ones that people are all familiar with. I generally enjoy that with these movies because it gives me a chance to just enjoy seeing new characters I don't know before, like, you know, put on screen in this way. And that's been that's proven to be quite successful <laughs> given the, the run that Marvel's had. Uh, so I look forward to seeing, you know, what this one has to offer. Um, Yeah, no, I'm just. You know, it's it's exciting to see like new Marvel stuff as far as like big popcorn entertainment goes. So I, yeah, I'm looking forward to Shang Chi. Um, the movie arrives curiously on Labor Day weekend, September 3rd, 2021. Uh, Don't wear white. 
<laughs> you start kicking people out of the theaters. <laughs> I thought it was after Labor Day. I think oh, Labor Day is your last, yeah, last hurrah. Yeah, Friday, Friday through Sunday, cool. Tuesday, you see Shang Chi? No, thank you. Get no, out. thank you. Get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's trailer talks. So let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Mortal Kombat. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking, I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. That should have been some of the trailer for Mortal Kombat. Following disastrous results from Super Mario Brothers and Double Dragon, uh, 1995's Mortal Kombat set a weird bar for video game films. Not that it was great, but there was success to be found in a film that took its source material seriously enough to deliver something resembling the game and deliver a killer soundtrack. The many years since have delivered very, very sporadically successful attempts in that regard. So now we have the new Mortal Kombat which attempts to take the game more seriously by incorporating the intense rivalry between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, while adding R-rated levels of violence and gore to add to this story involving Earth's realm, Earth realms fight to hold off Outworld from conquering. We meet a number of characters familiar to those who have played the games, and lots of fighting ensues. Mark Hoffmeyer, let's start with you. Where, where, where are you with Mortal Kombat as a film series, and what do you think of this newest version? Oh, I mean, listen, I love the 1995 version. I mean, Paul W.S. Anderson, the amount of cheekiness in it, and also the final fight between Liu Kang and Shang Tsung. I mean, that's just a... I recently, like, wrote about it, and then we... Rotten Tomatoes covered it on their podcast, so I had to do a lot of research on it, and just looking at, like, Jeff Amata was one of the fight coordinators, J.J. Perry, who's just crushing it now with a lot of fights. And just, I don't know, I love the 95 version. Annihilation, woo! I mean, it's a... It's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. And then this one, you know, I watched it. My wife and I watched it. We enjoyed it. And then we put on Flight Attendant and watched an episode of that. And then we talked about Flight Attendant for the rest of the night. And when I was going to bed, and when I was going to bed, I kind of went, hey, we watched Mortal Kombat. And she was like, oh, yeah, we did. And as much as, I, you know, I liked it, I did. Man, I don't know if I'm getting old, but I felt like some of the F-bombs just weren't needed. But it was it was fun. It like, I loved I loved some of the 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 finishes. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Sonya Blade was kind of the MVP. I liked her. I don't know. I don't think it's a kind of her fight at her house with a certain character. I don't know if we want to give that away. But I love that close quarter brawl. Sure. And it just you know, this is a first time director who has done nothing but commercials directing a 90 million dollar movie. And I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. But I kind of forgot about it and was more enthralled by flight attendant afterwards. <laughs> but it's. And that show's pretty good, so I'm not I'm not hating on it, but it just it's good, but it didn't leave. I mean, I'm not as jazzed about it. I'm I'm also not 13 years old watching it, so I was 13 when I watched Mortal Kombat, and I just love that movie. So you know, I'd give it a B. I liked it. It was fun. I'll watch it again. I'll write a review. Positive. It's cool. 
Christian, how about you? Where have you been with the Mortal Kombat films and this new one? Um, I also enjoyed the OG back in the day. Um, I think even recognizing then that it was supremely cheesy. Um, but we were still in a, you know, if we go into the way back machine, which I feel like, uh, people like me, late thirties, early forties, like this, this age, and maybe folks younger too, we think that things weren't that different back in the mid nineties or like early two thousands. There's like, you see the stuff going around the internet where it's like, wow, if, you know, Wonder Years started today when it started then it would be set in 1990 or, you know, whatever. And it's mm. like, uh-huh. Yeah. Things were very different back then. You don't think they're different because <laughs> you're living in it, but like you maybe didn't have a the internet at all. You know, like you, everybody yeah. joke, like the AOL mm. sound. No, like mm. one of your friends had the AOL sound. You didn't. You maybe had a family computer. A lot of your friends maybe did it anyway, whatever, very different time. But even back then, uh, I think we were still in an age where seeing things of fandom expressed in a mainstream way was rare. You know, I, I've said this on other shows before, but like one of my best friends in elementary school was someone who also happened to have a Wolverine T-shirt. <laughs> and like <laughs> that wasn't that was enough. You know, it was like star-crossed lovers. You're like, you, you know what this thing is? I know we're going to be best friends. Mm-hmm. And so I think seeing Mortal Kombat on screen, despite um, the Wizard before that and, and Mario and, and some of these other movies, this still felt big and important. Um, so I was willing to lean into the cheese because I think the game itself was cheesy back yeah. in the day, too. Like mm-hmm. the the cost costumes weren't um, overly militarized. Uh, they, it could have been anything because it was photo capture of, of these real people. Anyway, I, I'm rambling, but I, I enjoyed that movie for what it was. I think it's great. B movie level thing with with good fights and and it holds up uh, for that. Um, and we can get into specifics. The the, the sequels I thought fell um, fell from grace in terms of what that original uh, created. And now this you know reboot this 2021 one. Um, uh, I was left vastly disappointed. But I'm also much older. But also my fandom is satisfied in so many other ways that this thing being a movie isn't enough, <laughs> you know, like I mentioned before, John Hamm does five lines in invincible, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't need to cling to whatever the studios give me anymore. That's an, that's a good way to put it. I guess as yeah. far as what you're going to get, Abe, where are you with all this? Yeah. With the original Mortal Kombat series, I'm on the same page with everybody here. You know, this is the time where I was probably like, what, 10 uh or 11 and i remember watching we had back in the day we used to have magazine subscriptions to video games for super nintendo or sega genesis things and you'd also have wizard comics and so you'd see all these screenshots and stills especially the one where um uh, johnny cage is in the forest with scorpion and or scorpion's uh hand opening up for his uh his weapon and when we went to go see it, it was fun and it was uh, not sort of what I was expecting. But at the same time, I was more of a Street Fighter guy than a Mortal Kombat guy, which is another <laughs> argument and slash discussion we can have later. Um, but it's uh, one of those things where I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, it still holds up just because I think those are there's like a nostalgia factor to it. And I think it's also because I get where they're going and what they're doing. One of the things that mark you were mentioning sort of like in between off air on air was just that it, the the 1995 Five. mortal Kombat 
just gets to where it's going almost immediately. And there's not a whole lot that is explained to you because you're just like, I don't know who Shang Tsung is. I don't know this thing. I don't like I I, I guess I'm just following these guys. Um, and so we get to today's Mortal Kombat uh, with um, uh, the HBO production. And I I'm on the same page as Mark. I watched it and I liked it. I think that there were some things that were awful about it in terms of its script and its plot lines. Uh, but when I'm compare, if I were to compare the the two together, I'm pretty sure the 1995 one also had cheesy lines and you know not not such a, a not such a um, compelling cohesive plot so to speak. But there was just something some je ne sais quoi about it that I was like, oh yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed. It. But for this uh, 2021 one, I think that there's actually just a lot of explaining that they do, um, which is unfortunate because I could have done without it. And I started, you know, in my 35-year-old brain, I'm just starting to compare these things to other things that we've seen recently. You know, I compared this to something like Power Rangers from a few years ago. Um, or um, what was the other movie? I can't remember off the top of my head. But I, I just started thinking to myself, oh, you know what? I wonder if they could have gone a different direction. Actually, I compared it to another Power Rangers. It was like the short that was made um, before like 10 yeah, years ago yeah power rangers yeah. it's spelled a certain way to yeah, for copyright it was like reasons more <laughs> r-rated exactly it was more r-rated it was like fan film um and it was it john was, john chu not john it's what is his name um i always think of john m chu but it's a different director. it's the like guy that made torque <laughs> okay i i can't remember There's some quality beer wasting in torque if you watch it again <laughs> stuck with me for years not i don't know why that, not enough one-handed. Joseph Kahn. There we go. Joseph Kahn. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, or you think about like the the Punisher thing that. Um, uh, dirty laundry. Yeah, the dirty laundry uh, short, right? So when I'm watching this, I'm like, you know, I I see where they're kind of coming from, but like Christian said, I'm also just like, mm, probably could have been a little bit better too. So at the end of the day, I watched it. I I didn't cringe as much as I thought I was gonna cringe. I didn't think that it was a really well-written movie. But also, I almost immediately forgot about it, um, which is – is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't know. I mean it probably helps out because it's like, oh, maybe we should go watch parts of this Mortal Kombat movie. But it is what it is. I um, – Abe, you know that I very much feel protective over the 95 Mortal Kombat as – not only like not only for like a nostalgic joy, but I do think it's legitimately good at what it's trying to accomplish. I think the best choice that it made was just ripping off Enter the Dragon and adding Mortal Kombat to it. I mean that's that's why the plot is not only incredibly simple and easy to follow, but just good. You've taken a good movie, so you just did it again kind of with this skin on top, and it works for what it's doing. And yeah, there's a kind of a you know, the the nineties air of it all makes itself work with the you know, crude visual effects for the time with Reptile or the Stan Winston Goro effect, which I think is really cool um, mm-hmm. as far as seeing that come to life. And, like, the cast is generally fun in that film. So this one, I'm in a bit of, like, a, a bit of an in-between. Like, overall, I think it's fine. But, like, on the one hand, there's a point where the new Goro, which also looks pretty good, I would say, for, mm-hmm. you know, CG Goro, the new Goro, like, comes out and you have this, like, group of people that have presumably never seen anything supernatural before a couple days ago they're just like oh i guess that's just one of those goros that we generally see all the time like there's just no reaction whatsoever to the fact that they've, they've played the game not, Aaron. not only is there something like coming out to attack us but it's this four-armed half dragon man it's like 
Oh, okay, it's one like of those. Eight feet tall. Yeah. Like, there's just no surprise there whatsoever. On the other hand, <laughs> this is a movie where I think Kano is so funny <laughs> throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like you know, almost, like, two-thirds of the movie, they introduce a new character, Cabal, who's, like, it's like the Niles to his Frasier. It's like, what if Kano but more? And Cabal becomes hilarious. So it's like, there's so much bad in this movie as far as the scripting goes as much as that matters and to me it i mean that's only so much importance when it comes to a movie like this but there's also like moments of joy that come from the fact that the movie sometimes gets how to be funny and oftentimes gets how to be un- or doesn't get it but it is unintentionally funny and it makes it hard for me to like come down on it because i don't set the bar high at all for any of these just as a general rule at this point my excitement level doesn't get raised because they're adapting this thing that i like or have a passing familiarity with when it comes to video games i i don't have any expectation whatsoever because why should i at this point that said christian i understand exactly where you're coming from as far as we've been catered to so much in terms of the stuff that we like being brought to big screen or tv and being done with a certain quality of effort it's like, yes, I by this point, we should deserve something that is fitting of the other things that are also of this level, of that level. But I, just something about video game movies just doesn't seem to, like, work in that same realm to me. I just, I can't, I can't assign, like, the thought of getting a great comic book movie to the same thing as a video game movie. Should I? Yes, I should. Like, that'd be, it'd be great to want to feel that way. But even in recent years where we've gotten, like, Detective Pikachu or Rampage, or a couple other ones that are just, at, at the very least, average, it's still not enough to, like, just get me out of this hole that this genre has dug itself for the past couple decades. So, when I get we're something close. like... We're, we're, we're Yeah, we're close. And I, I mean, like, The Last of Us is getting an HBO series directed by the guy that did Chernobyl. I'm sure that'll be excellent. <laughs> but, but as far as, like, this movie goes, it's like... Yeah, it's doing the things that it needs to do sure. at, for, to some point. And we're going to get more into it. But I, I, I'm of two minds about the whole, like, we're not having a tournament in a movie that's based around a tournament thing. Like, that's that's such an, <laughs> odd, that's such an odd choice to me. Yet, I feel like if they did do that, we'd just be complaining about, well, they just did the same movie again, but new. So, I don't know. I... <laughs> I'm kind of happy they did that, right? I mean, that's a great point, what you said. People would complain if there was just another tournament. It's like, why do we do this like... again? Like, what was the yeah. point if you already did the but same also, thing? But also, could, they couldn't write the line... They didn't want a tournament. We'll give them a tournament. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if people would complain, to be honest. It, that first one came out in 95. Mm-hmm. Like that. People complain that about long... Star Wars. We're doing Star Wars again. I mean, <laughs> well, oh yeah, the Internet's going to complain. But, um, sure. you know, the games have been doing tournaments <laughs> forever. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. I think I think it would have worked. I um. Yeah, I'll I'll be I'll stop talking because I don't no, know. No, that's, no, that's good. I think no, you're right. Works too because I think one of the things I, I missed uh, I would have loved to have seen is is a draw and how they would have taken care of a draw, right? Where it's like I've got to break these bricks now. Uh, that would that would have been fun. Or just I mean, a bracket it, on the wall. I I would have liked to see more brick breaking. You're not wrong there. <laughs> and emerald and uh, gold and whatever the hell else they do when they, as it racks up in the in the skill level. No, I think he, yeah, Chris, he he makes a good point though. Sorry, but like. I guess you're right. The internet would have complained, but I think the vast majority of people out there probably wouldn't have minded a tournament and they kind of deliver the separate fights. Sure. I mean, I mean, but the main thing that worried me about this movie was, so I've been reading a lot of interviews about this and 
the director, Simon, Simon McQuaid, uh, McEwid, sorry if I'm getting that name wrong, and then producer Todd Gardner, they just go heavy on the, this one's R-rated. Yeah, but this one's R-rated. And this one's R-rated. And that's what had me worried from the beginning, because, yeah, there's some awesome head smushes in here and, and wonderful errant knife throws. But it's, <laughs> it's, uh, that that's what had me worried, because they seem more focused on that than like a story or building life to this or making these really a lot of actors I like interesting. It just seemed like it's R rated. And that's, that's what had me the most worried about this movie was the stressing of that. I'll say this because you're adding that. And I don't think you're wrong as far as we're giving you the guise of the fact that it's R rated, but this is a very kid friendly R rated movie in, in, yeah. like, in how they deliver on these things. Like, yes, there are violent moments, but Abe, you brought up power Rangers. That's the exact movie I thought that I kept thinking about as far as the tone of this thing. Because I'm pa- the, the the main the full movie from like 2017 or something like that. Right? No, 1995's Power Rangers the movie. No, I'm not. Yeah, the <laughs> yes the the pre the 2010s. But Power not, Rangers not the film. short. Not the short. No, the full movie. Because that was that was such a perplexing experience for me because it's like, well, th- they're adapting from that show. Like, there's no other source material that's grittier. It's just that show, which is inherently goofy, and yet it's made to look like a real movie which is weird. Like there's no, there's no way around it. It's weird that there's a Power Rangers movie featuring like adult care or like high school kids in a real world where there's like weight and gravity to what they're doing. And that's what I kept thinking about this Mortal Kombat movie where this is inherently silly stuff. And the movie seems to only kind of get that. <laughs> but, but when it gets to like action and things, it's like, yeah, it's look, people are getting cut in half and heads are getting smashed or whatnot. Hey, sure. But, all, but meanwhile, when that's not happening, you know, it's Kano and, like, Kung Lao, like, having playground fights with each other and, like, you know, yelling names and stuff. It's really silly. <laughs> like, it's... He had to do it to get his, his energy out. I, I guess. He's arcana. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to also mention that uh, I think, Christian, you said this, which is if I was 12 or 13 and I watched this, I'd probably think this is, like, the best movie in the world. Um, and, you know, different tastes for different uh, ages, but at the same time, I was lucky enough to have seen the 1995 one when it first released, and so uh-huh. I, I am also in the boat of, yes, there, there. I am sort of comparing uh, that old one and this new one, and it doesn't stand up to the old one, but uh, does it stand up on its own two legs? I would say the answer is maybe. Like It really doesn't, but at the same time, like I can see where they're going to go with this, and if this had been like, you know... A limited run series uh, for three episodes, five episodes, six episodes. We got that. That would have been interesting. We we had that too with, with Michael Jai White. Like they did that version. <laughs> Michael Jai White, man, I miss that guy. I I, I wonder if, and you know, my kids aren't old enough to, uh-huh. to watch this yet, but I do wonder if thirteen year old if it is good for them. I I feel like it would be good for us if we were thirteen because it's an interesting point. So much of this film which I agree there are certainly moments of fun and, and, you know, I know people work very hard on it and I'm not trying, I don't want to just like poo poo on the, on the movie. I, I, I you know, watch it and, and there's fun to be had, I, I think for sure. But I, I find that so much of the movie is referential. Um, you know, my background in, in stand-up comedy, it, it feels like the comedian that is on stage that just says, it's like, Oh, you guys know what it's like, right? Pokemon. And like that <laughs> is it's like, expects to elicit the laugh or you sure. know something in no, but here. that's one of your best jokes thank you so much so much <laughs> so much of this film seems to be, like i don't know if 13 year olds today know it. or care about 
Mortal Kombat in in the way that that we would. Um, even just from, uh, gosh, how Jax stands in the beginning of this movie, sure. like it's it's just screaming at you, like. We all know what's happening, audience. Wink, wink, wink. Look at how Jax is standing. Every time he rests, look what he does. Wink, wink, wink. Like, ev- and, and just like lines from the game are said at random moments that don't have context <laughs> right. in the, the real. Like, why would someone say that? What? There's no <laughs> basis for why any of these characters would say, would say these lines. And especially some of the air quote good guy characters. Like, it's out of. Why? Why would you celebrate like that? It just seems shockingly out of character for the world mm-hmm. they build. But it's it's referential for people like us that grew up with the film where if you're seeing this in a theater, you're supposed to look over at the person next to you and the person down and be like, they said the thing. And then we all high five. But there's no it's not earned. None of those moments. I don't think none uh, of those moments are earned. I'd, I'd fight back there. I do. I, I mean, I know what you're saying. I. I would be. I am curious what like a younger audience, and I don't even know what audience is playing Mortal Kombat at this point. But like, I don't deny that the 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 point the, the this movie existing is because people played Mortal Kombat back in the day, and they still play it now. But like, there's people that have a very certain like connection to Mortal Kombat as a franchise, and when they see certain things, they'll be happy to see them. At the same time, I do think it's constructed in a way where, like, even from a plot standpoint, where it's not that, you know, you can you can make sense of this movie without having played a Mortal Kombat game. Yes, that, well, On the broad level, yes, but really, can you? Like, there's this rivalry. Why? Why is this ancient rivalry? Why does it, it mm-hmm. for, I'm doing it for this. Why? Why, why, why is I, that? And I, I am agreeing with you, yes, on a broad level, yes, it is. And that's what, that's what lowers this, this movie for me. It's... Because it is so broad, it just comes off as just another action movie as opposed to something special. But the thing that makes it special is something that applies to a very specific audience. And so, yeah, it like it misses a beat as far as how do you make this kind of a not, you know, not only something that's paying plenty of homage to the games, but something that pays homage in a way that's very universal. And yeah, so that brings it down. That brings down the quality level as far as how to appreciate this on a in a grander sense. But then I balance that with again it's Mortal Kombat. Like, I just can't take that seriously to begin with. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two things I want to just briefly mention, which is Christian, you're mentioning it doesn't feel earned. And I was heavily agreeing with you because, you know, Aaron, and I brought reference to the Power Rangers movie and what's very, what I found <laughs> super interesting and incredible about that movie is that they take a long time to develop the friendships between all five members. Is it six? All five members. And then they don't actually morph into like, an hour into the movie and then that's like where oh yeah we, we've really we've really become a team you know and in this one it, it doesn't really feel earned but at the same time i'm also like trying to parallel this with the, the way that the games have been going i don't really play the games as much anymore but i know that they're they've introduced a ton of characters not even just to the mortal kombat series but they they've taken robocop or terminator or rambo or predator um, and put it into the game and it kind of just feels as though they've done this mishmash of where they started from and where they are now. And this movie kind of feels the same way. I mean, it's just like, hey, let's just put in a whole bunch of shit that you might know, um, but also at the same time, like, that you're sort of familiar with. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember, like, there was an emulator, like, in 2001, 2002, 
where you could be Peter Griffin in a fighting game, and now they're they're just doing it within the Mortal Kombat series. Not Peter, not Peter Griffin specifically, but I just feel as though like there's the connective tissue for this movie and the video game series is kind of the same in that they're kind of just it's a fighting game now with everybody that you know, and there's a lot of cool, disgusting fatalities and or moves. Uh, so. I guess it is what the fans know, and I guess it is what the fans probably uh, are into, um, but I wish that there was just more of a plot. Okay, here's my pitch. Yes. Uh, Hold on, let me get my cigar in my mouth. Okay, yeah, constructed not fully. Um, so I, I agree with everything you said, uh, but also. <laughs> um, um, Pokemon, right? It, it's It's the raid, or dread. And you start with your protagonist character, your character you're going to see the world through, who, by the way, <clears throat> should be a character from the franchise, um, <laughs> gets quickly brought in by Lord Raiden and feels like, what has happened? Let's make it let's, let's make it Sonya gets quickly brought in. And she's like, wait, what? And he and Raiden's like, um, you're right. Everything's real. Time's running out. We mm. need you. And then she basically has to raid redemption her way through a building. But instead of a building, we're going to call it a tower. Why? Because <laughs> that was the visual used in the game. And guess who's at the top of that tower? The And, and you just fight. You just fight. That's all. That's all it needs to be. Like, Christian, stop giving Hollywood really good ideas. Well, what's funny like, is you're describing, you're describing, you know, we talked about the first Mortal Kombat's Enter the Dragon. You're describing Game of Death. Like, that's yes. Just, it's just that. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, um... Oh gosh, why am I blanking on it? Uh, oh come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on! Battle Royale, it's Battle Royale. Uh-huh. It's it's the raid, Whoa. it's dread. Like the, the Mortal Kombat 2021 has some great fights, and I think that's for me ultimately where I fall in this film. Like it's not aggressively bad, but I think there's everything does. Uh, there's better versions of all of it. There's better fandom. There's better fights. There's better gore. There's better plot. There's better popcorn. Like it's, it's just hard to be a seven these days, I think. And my wife tells me the same thing every day. <laughs> it's just hard to live life as a seven. Christian, um, <laughs> to us, you're, you're a 10. See, that's, oh. why, that's why I gave it a six. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I think they could have simplified this thing down and just delivered on the promise of the premise and, and just let us have fun. And it, 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 it I feel like it, it starts to put a foot in that world and then it falls off of it. And then it doesn't, ex- explain things uh, i i don't even remember the protagonist's name but like this is a very cole. minor detail cole thank you i, I want to cole this, young uh, <laughs> i, I want to call this a spoiler this is a a minor true detail that would get delivered in one line and never explained um you were the champ i used to be yes. what what happened <laughs> why why is he not a good mma fighter anymore like there's no like was that explored in the 800 page version of there's so many things like that that i'm just like uh, why is that line here? Very like adjacent to that, Christian. I also love the line where he gets his ass beat, and then the the farewell party, and then the guy says, "Is like, see you later, champ." Yeah, like, <laughs> like, yeah. didn't you just like beat my face in in front of my kid? And I'm <laughs> getting two hundred dollars for this. It's really it, there's so many things like that that he's a good guy. Think... That's called friendships. That's part of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah. Nice. If it was yeah. Bone Saw and Spider Man, I'd get it. But it's like no, it's an MMA fight. He's yeah. gonna get his ass kicked. Don't what could have made that character maybe more compelling? And, and you know, and I'm a big fan of MMA. Uh, I boxed for years. I used to do like all the MMA training. 
there's there are these people that hang around the sport too long. So you have Chuck Liddell who steamrolls people, then he suffers three knockouts in a row and he keeps fighting. Or you have Wanderlei Silva, Anderson Silva, uh, Shogun Hua, like the Nogueras. They call him. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, you're <laughs> making some of these there, up, right? Uh, so you have you have these fighters who were champions, but then they this kind of got chinny, and then they couldn't really compete sure. anymore. So this character, he's he still seems like he's in the prime of his career. So it's like you're the champ, but he's a punching bag, but he doesn't look like a punching bag. So that whole storyline I got as far as the MMA angle, but maybe he could have been more chinny. Maybe he could have been more, sure. I don't know, something on that. But yeah, they never really follow that through. And uh, that's, one that's quick... for the sequel, Mark. Oh, there it is. Cold. Uh, one one quick thing though is when you, while you are watching this, the 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 cinematography during these fights, I'm a big fan of just camera angles that make sense. They just make sense in narrative like uh, to the story. So in, in the original or '95 film, when R- Robin Shao when he's fighting Shang Tsung, you uh, jump to the occasional overhead shot to get a nice wide angle, reset the reset everybody know where they're at. You get the wide angles and you get the close up stuff and. I feel like the camera flow makes narrative sense for those fights. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a good time with these fights. I'm not dunking on them, but I, I feel like they would pull away occasionally to shots that took me out of the fight. They didn't really feel quite necessary for the fight itself. I was wondering if any of y'all felt that way when, you know, you have this, this excellent fight scene between, I mean, the guy who played, um, let's see the guy who played, uh, Max Huang, he he was um, Kung, Kung Lao. Lao in this. He's a stunt coordinator. Like he he did yeah. Bleeding Steel with Jackie Chan. He's like uh, he's been doing stunts since what 2010. A lot of a lot of good projects. Some of these scenes though they would pull back, and I'm like I, I didn't think the camera work made narrative sense for these fight scenes. And I'm nitpicking sure. here, and I hate when people do that. But I don't know. I kept getting taken out of these fights. Whereas Old Boy, you think about that classic, just walking down the hall, and that's rare because right. that's stuff to do. Warrior, let's see, what other fights? The Night Comes for Us between Eco UA and Joe Tasm, that, that final sure. fight at the end. Wonderful narrative sense. Uh, the Count Christian of Monte- Neumer, Yeah, Christian Neumer brought up like the Daredevil hallway scene, which is exactly. a better fight choreographed and shot film, or really? shot than some of these. And what, the Count of Monte Cristo, where they just built 100 yards of dolly track to allow them to fence back and forth and allow them to have their training, where those shots make sense and you can follow it on the dolly. I don't know. Did y'all notice that? Did you get taken I will, out? I will, say, I, will, I mean, I will say these things, these are, these are things that feel very much like director problems and it's not the choreography. Like the, the fights, the fights themselves, I think are well staged. I just wish, yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. As I wrote in my review, it feels like not only are there earth chosen warriors, but they're apparently earth chosen, like directors and cinematographers when it comes to fight scenes, because there's only <laughs> so many, that's, it's only, it's, there's only so many that seem to know how to do this stuff well these days, right. which is unfortunate. And it's, it's not like a, it's not, it's not like a, I don't know, like an Olivia Megaton movie, like Taken 3, where it's over, <laughs> it's over edited and too shaky. But, and I, I honestly, I mean, I know what you're saying. I think this only applies to a few of the fights, because I do think a lot of them are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fights in this movie, which, mm. you know, compared to something like Max Payne, where it's like, what if we made that and had no action in it? At least this movie delivers on having action in it for a Mortal Kombat film. So step up there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's. This could have been better as far as how to frame these things. There's a lot of grappling in this Mortal Kombat movie compared to like past Mortal Kombat movies, which I think also adds to it as far as like I think why they're trying they're trying to like build intensity by giving you more stuff beyond just the two, you know, two people holding each other for various times. But I don't know. There's a lot of variation in the fights too. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mark, my my nitpick on it wasn't so much like that 
it was shot the way that it was shot. I mean, I kind of just am expecting it to to not look as as good as maybe like some other Jackie Chan movies or what have you. My my f- problem with it was like uh, Louis Tan who plays Cole is he's like a stunt guy and an actor, and so it was like Max Huang, and I was like, why do these even when they're just practicing? Why does it look like they're going like half speed? And, you know, I, I just didn't think it was very good um, when they have to go and, and learn how to protect the world from all these people. Plus, that plot line in itself is just I, I didn't. Why do what? Why do they have to be angry or tap into something to get their powers? It's like, I, okay. I don't know. And, and why do they? OK, actually, this is good that I'm on this show this week. Um, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> I am, uh, there's a football game next week, and it's for the fate of the world, and I'm just building my team starting now. Like, what? Right. Yeah. Like, are you guys in? You don't know how to play football? Don't worry, I'll teach you. I've been you watching what? you for a while, <laughs> and yeah. I just brought you here now. Waited till the last, and Aaron, I think there are a lot of fights in this film, but I think a lot of them lack stakes, and so there's not weight to them in the way where it's like, I I didn't do a count. I'd guess like a third of them are literally practice. And it's like, okay, I, I don't, neat practice fight. Like it felt weird of, of, and, and maybe that's ultimately where I fell off uh, um, is that there was little stakes and, and much of the film uh, in terms of what was going to happen to these characters. And, and then like the ones that, it's like, this character just, just got introduced. Okay. <laughs> No, that character died. Okay. Like, there's even a line that straight up is just saying, who cares if they died? <laughs> like, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> it's just like, uh, uh, okay. You're not, and, and it, so, you're not right. I mean, why it's are just, some of these things happening? It's telling a certain story that I know every beat of because this movie's not exactly breaking new ground when it comes to storytelling. So, like, I'm not, I'm never surprised by the outcomes of some of these fights. I'm just more looking into. Hey, there is a fight. Let me see how this fight does. I'll bet to back up a bit. So I, I interviewed the stunt coordinator for this film for a variety article that I'm writing this week. And so I like I counted the fights. There's like 21 fights in this movie, but um, and it's a lot. But you're, I, I agree with you. Yes, met some like in the middle act, which is just sags a lot because a lot of Kung Lao and Liu Kang and Raiden talk to people about stuff, and then we train for our tournament that's about that's like gonna happen kind of except shang Tsung's being a dick about it like it, it takes a big dive <laughs> there as far as you know investment because yeah it's not the cold open with which is like one of the coolest fights of the movie or like even the jackson sub-zero thing towards the beginning it's just this middle period of we're in a waiting pattern or a holding pattern until we get to something that actually matters and so yeah it's like okay like we're just running in circles here and unlocking arcanas and all this stuff and it's yeah it's there's nothing there's it's just like padding in a movie that doesn't need to be as long as and i mean granted it's only with with without credit it's like an out it's 99 minutes like it's not a long movie but still we're just kind of drowning for a while but it's mm-hmm. but i mean <laughs> i i want to speak up a little bit for the fights because i i agree that yes as far as how dramatic the stakes are for them they're not strong but when you have you know when you put our favorite character Cole Young against Goro, a fight that you know, involves a CG character. Yeah, I, I still was like impressed with how like good it looked at times, as far as incorporating that and like giving you some you know something that looks much different than other fights that I've also seen in this movie. Like I, I, I there's a great single leg takedown during it too, the best one since Kong 33 when he takes out the T Rex <laughs> with a single leg. 
it's really good. It's a good that he it's a Chekhov single leg because he shows it off earlier in the film and uppercut. Sorry, I interrupted you. I like real quick, real quick. I mean, for all the moments you've said that the that the lines intrude on the film as far as people saying certain dialogue, I do like how they incorporated special moves of these characters in this film. Like, because I don't, I don't think that's you know. Yes, like that'll get like certain crowds cheering, but I think just in general how those moves look, I think they look good regardless if you know the games or not. I I agree. I just wanted to correct you on one point. Sorry, you um you called me Christian earlier. Um, that's no longer my name. Yeah. My name is now Thing You Know. So you know you just have to. Hey, Christian, that was flawless. I mean, if a I guy like has, he said it himself. I mean, if a guy if a guy introduces himself with ice powers and later on he starts calling himself Sub Zero, I'm not thinking, oh, that's out of nowhere. I mean, it's like, yeah, all right. Like, why why would you call but, yourself Sub Zero? But why does that? <laughs> they've been working together for eons. Like, this isn't. They just remet in any in any way. <laughs> maybe he just changed, changed, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe he got ba- maybe he got back from the Outworld courthouse just three minutes ago. And it's like, guess what? <laughs> the, the documents finally came through. My legal the name is now Sub Zero. <laughs> It's uh, there's so much stuff like that. And I also would love like in this universe they built Earthrealm really feels like the bad news bears like lean, <laughs> lean into that. Like they they've they've sucked for years. Yeah. Jax is all like, you got to get to Gary, Indiana. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know where you guys live, but I guess he's going to drive there all night. <laughs> It's it, yeah, I don't like we're we're coming into this thing. I think that's kind of the stakes that that they sure. put on it. Like we come into this thing at like if this one goes wrong, uh-oh. But also it's not close. You know, like they they want us to think that Earth Realm is going to be LeBron against the Golden State Warriors and he's on the ragtag uh Cavalier still but somehow gets it done from a 3-1 deficit. <laughs> Except we didn't watch Too those first Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we didn't watch those first four games. Sure. So it's not like, oh, yeah, this is going to be another blowout. It's, yeah. it's, there's just weird stuff like that. Again, uh, go watch the Raid Redemption. Yeah. And, and that oh, yeah. That, yeah, that pitch Wait, that you had is, is actually a perfect pitch, Christian. Like, you should have started with Sonya Blade because she has all the knowledge about all this. So it would have been it would have been cool. But um, I actually want to pivot here. I want to ask you guys, did you guys know all the characters that were in this movie? Um, from a Mortal Kombat game perspective, I, I min- was, minus Cole. I was I was doing pretty good until Shang Tsung introduced like his second round of characters, where you have like flying person and Rik- Riker, like Riko, big guy with like a hammer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cabal, show, I knew I knew Cabal. Who again? Okay. Am I alone in this? Cabal was hilarious when he jumped in here, <laughs> and I I am. <laughs> And I'm convinced that I'm convinced that this character did not exist as far as having dialogue until they're like, we need to funny this movie up, and like they got a voiceover guy because every I, I watching this movie, every one of his scenes, if he didn't have lines or he had different lines that were just more serious, it would be the, it would play out the same way. <laughs> like so, I, I'm very I'm very convinced that they added they added every ADR line that he had as like a way to spice up the humor. I'm I'm very convinced that that's true. It actually was a lot like Empire Strikes Back, where he was saying lines, but they're just very different. And then James uh-huh. Earl Jones exactly. actually did the voice of Cabal in yeah. this, and no one knew. <laughs> That's it's it's how it's every scene. It's like you can, there's easily a way where you just say like something. So it's like yeah, let's do this or like whatever. And instead, it's like hilarious dialogue. <laughs> I, I did like the the countering of Kano and Cabal in terms of like their back and forth, and also when Cabal's describing Kano. It's like, I'm sure this asshole is going to turn. All you have to do is, you know, do whatever to him. 
which, like, could, yeah. which, which could be a very easy it's just like oh kano's there i can go turn him like it could be very bland and whatever <laughs> right. but instead i just i just thought everyone it was really funny <laughs> Well, the the other question I have for you guys is: Was there enough Mortal Kombat synth music and a guy shouting Mortal Kombat in this movie? Needed more. Okay. Because I don't remember I, any of it. It, I mean, <laughs> it it could use more, obviously, because come on. At the same time, I do like that they like it in, in a movie that again tried to take things like more seriously. They still brought back Techno Syndrome in like in not an orchestral way, but like they brought it into the score. Like it's a, it's in there. Sure. They, they right. tried to do it. Which is like, oh, that's yeah. fun. Can we talk we about more reptile? Reptile was adorable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> adorable, yes. <laughs> it was dropping goo on people, and it was just cute. Like, I, I also, I mean, th- this is like where nitpick questions come in. His blood is acidic. Kano throws his entire arm through the guy's chest. Pulls out a heart. No, no, he's, no, he's, uh... He spits acid. His blood's not acidic. Oh, he just spits, spits acid. acid. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's a re- not an alien. He's a reverse xenomorph. Got it. Okay. An RS. Now, now it makes sense. <laughs> he's like a dragon. Yeah, there you go. It's like a dragon. A Komodo dragon. Got it. Can we talk about right. the whole Scorpion Sub-Zero thing that we barely <laughs> touched upon? Like, there's a whole cold open to this movie that's set in, like, feudal Japan um, that I thought looked pretty great, like, in that realm. Am I wrong? Does anyone else agree? I love tree fights. <laughs> I-, I love anger f- revenge fights. I mean, just Joey Taslam crushing people. Just give me a whole movie of that. He looked really I... intense when he, like, walked yeah. in there speaking Chinese to people that didn't understand him. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Did you know that it was Chinese because the bracket said Chinese and then the other bracket said Japanese? Uh, as I do with most movies, Abe, I watched the first 15 minutes blindfolded just to get a feel <laughs> of it from audio levels. So, no, I just knew that it was Chinese. Wow. Yeah, I dig it. What if that was true? What if I actually just watched movies with no? No, I know you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, the opening fight sequence is, is fine. I just was. This is one of my earlier remarks is there's a lot of plot in this movie for not a real huge payoff. Um, versus like the 1905 one, they just drop you in. I don't know anything about anybody, and here we go. So yeah, is it a cool fight sequence? Sure. It does it explain like a rope and a knife? Sure. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, how does this play out? Because I was like, wait a minute, because the next scene is like 2020, 2020, and I was like, did we just? Is that the same kid? Um, so it confused me a little bit. And, and they, they I mean, I, I just use common sense to think it's probably not the baby from 300 years ago. Yes, yeah. but, uh, but they, <laughs> sure. they they conflate things in this moment, too, though, where I feel like they play up, they try, or I just want to say play up. They mention some rivalry between these houses mm-hmm. um, is, that exist in the game. But then that's not the reason for why it's happening as much as it is. This prophecy that's also just mentioned in passing like and so what is it? Why are these people battling in this way? Like Scorpion hat seems to have a private security force, uh, at his, you one. know, not not a very good one. Not nearly I want to be one of those extras walking through the forest, just looking at trees. That's the role <laughs> I want. Um, and like, why does that exist? And then why is there this? rivalry between a, a, a Chinese clan and a Japanese clan, but then also some prophecy and some legacy that neither side seems to take that seriously, to be honest. Like, 
I hear, I, I, hear what, I hear what you're saying, but at the, I'm just, I don't care. Like, what do I, what, what movie's gonna be better because I had like 20 minutes of explanation of why the, why this Chinese group hates oh, this well, Japanese no, group? So I'm not pitching that they give you 20 minutes of of explanation. I'm pitching you don't include that. Like everything sure. needs to have a purpose, right. I think. And and here you, they're dipping their toes in both. It, again, it's referential, where it's like if you get it and you've played the games, you're like oh, Hanzo Clan. Ooh, and if you're not, it's just well, who cares? It's it, it's a it's a bore moment between things where, and and I think part of it maybe for me where I'm coming off at this is like a I don't think I would have finished the film uh, if I wasn't doing this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that are competing for my attention right now that are excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And I don't want to say, you know, you remove you, you guys review movies for a living like like well, it doesn't need to be better than that. It is what it is. I think for a lot of people, it does need to be better than that. We're not lacking content, you know, even if it's right. just TikTok, but aside, like Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon, like Michael B. Jordan has a new movie coming out next, next week. week. Yeah. Um, there's a what's a, the um, uh, Lord. um What's Mitchell's versus the machines is ne- like there's uh-huh. so much nonstop that I, I think that's kind of where this leaves me feeling extra flat is like, again, I don't need to be best friends with Brandon because he has a Wolverine t-shirt. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> can get those at target. Now I will say, I'm not, you know, I'm not giving this a pass because it is what it is. Like I, it's more like, if you want me to like rank the stuff that I see, sure. It's not going to like come up as high as other things as it stands, like just judging this movie on what it is. I got the enjoyment that I expected to get out of it. Does that make it better? Not necessarily, but like I, I, I can't write it off completely for the sake of, <laughs> the sake of judging it as as its own thing. Sure, yeah, there's other things out there. No, de- no denying that. But it, it, there's even better. There's the better Mortal Kombat movie out there. But I mean, for for what this is, like, <laughs> it's meeting a certain standard that I was hoping it would meet for this movie. For me. And Scorpion figured out hell. <laughs> Scorpion went. I've been down there for. Yeah, I've been in the deepest, darkest areas of hell, and I conquered it. I was like, "What? Give me that movie! Like, what? Is, yeah. Like, what? He's he's an apprentice to the devil. That'd be amazing. You know what? That movie I, exists. It's called Mortal Kombat: Scorpion's Revenge, the animated film that's actually really good. That's <laughs> on HBO oh, nice. Max right now. Uh, I'm sorry if that's a video game. I guess I I haven't played. No, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an animated movie. <laughs> it's, it's on oh, HBO. so. Like I want to watch that. Like, like, you never hear that. I mean, imagine you send somebody to hell 300 years. They're like, I conquered it. And you're like, what? Huh? <laughs> it only Wait. took him 300 years too. All right. Before and we also, play, I have call me Scorpion now. <laughs> <laughs> There's billions of people still down there trying to do the same thing you did. He's and, the best uh, of the best. They couldn't stop him. Yeah. Just I, w- I would have so many questions. That's uh. Yeah. Uh, why did that, he, why did he go to hell? Again, I'm I'm gonna so yeah I, I'm I, just gonna I stop talking because otherwise I'm he gonna was, go he was a terrible end. guy. <laughs> they didn't want to show you know, that. But I, I also <laughs> like, why did he immediately like get burned up and go to hell? You tried to send me to hell. It looked like you just killed him. Like none of the other henchmen went to hell. It's there's so many little things like that that yeah. are just. I think when he burns up, you're supposed to go, Haha, Scorpion, sick, <laughs> and like that's. <laughs> 
And, hashtag and reference. It. Yeah, hashtag reference. <laughs> you know what? Of all the things, that question actually never occurred to me. Why did this guy, who seems like he's pretty nice, go to hell to begin with? <laughs> Unless, I mean, I know there's realms in this universe, so they went, you went to the nether realm. Uh, but it's like, is there a positive death realm <laughs> for people to go to? So, yeah. so I'm just convinced that Scorpion's a terrible person that sold drugs to children. That's probably what he did. That's why. That's why he went down. And I like an Outworld that there's peasants who are like the Monty Python, the Holy Grail peasants that are just digging through muck. Oh yeah, real, real quick before we wrap up, we'll stop this review uh-huh. in a second. But the the thing, one of my favorite things was when like yeah, the Melina character is kind of like walking in Outworld, and she comes across, she's like looking for Shang Tsung, and he's just like walking with his com- his like entourage, just like chilling in Outworld. Like there's no there's no pomp and circumstance. He's just like walking around in the desert, just like yeah, this is what I do on my Fridays. Like it's just nothing else there. <laughs> yeah, as Bill would say in Kill Bill, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's, he's wearing his regal robes of all other other world. He's Nether wearing world. his regal robes. He's just taking his daily stroll around the big Goro statue that's out there. It's like okay, <laughs> like that's just the... oh, and the statue people out in Outworld are next level. I mean, that's some legit work that these people do. Like, there's some wonderful statues out there. A lot of good artistry out there. Yeah, the, I mean, there's, got, there's you, academy of art out there. You got guys with laser eyes and stuff. I'm sure they, it's a little easier. <laughs> I'm a master swordsman. I will kill anyone who crosses us, master. And I spit venom from my mouth, decimating my foes at moment's notice. And I eh, sculpt. Um, if you need yeah. anything, my lord, um, let me know. <laughs> He's the favorite. <laughs> Uh, these powers are not like only elemental too that's the other thing like Liu Kang has fireballs and Kano gets a laser eye it's like dude the gods like no sci-fi like that's how this works in this world but okay I use my blades to carve stones into glorious monuments (laughs) if you guys were more like Ricky who could oh that's why we didn't see him in the movie he's he's the stone carver Jax gets cybernetic arms like who are the gods in this world (laughs) they're they're generous gods they're like the uh the king in 300 I do think I know we got to get out of here, but my favorite fight was the the Sonya versus Kano and the trailer because uh, yeah. I felt like there were actual stakes there and some animosity and a little bit of storytelling. It's because they're both humans, so, like that helps yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love that human element of it. Like I, you know, raising Arizona, Kill Bill two. I'm always down with a right. with a trailer fight or mobile home fight. I love a good bathroom fight that had that those in it. So that was probably my favorite. Just two humans. They didn't have the the spinny hats that could slice people. Then they can't fly. That just felt uh, that was my favorite fight because, like you said, it was just the most human. And I, you know, people getting stabbed, people getting hurt. I, I, and oh, 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 I can't get I, someone who has a lawn gnome in there. Well, in my backyard because I'm afraid yous will steal it. I have a lawn gnome in my backyard. That made me very happy to see. Treat it nicely. It comes alive at night. Yeah, they protect my house. There you go. All right, so we've talked sufficiently about Mortal Kombat. When should people go and see this movie? It's currently in theaters and on HBO Max. Mark, when should people be seeing Mortal Kombat? When they got time and they're home. <laughs> like, like, maybe go, some, I don't know, if you're, if, yeah. you know, if you can go to the theaters, I don't know, if you're fully vaccinated and you can rent one out for 100 bucks, sure, go do it, support the industry, but I don't know. I, go watch Godzilla vs. Kong again. That one's got a cool intergalactic, uh, well, tunnel that goes through the Earth's core. Kind of blows my mind. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Just 
I've got some free time. Put it on. Enjoy it. I know that's hate. I don't I hate being negative, but I, I'm not going to tell anybody to go rush out to see it. That's what that's I'm saying. Fair. Oh, well. Yeah. Christian Spicer, how about you? Yeah, I'd second that. I mean, I'd argue probably don't. There's probably better <laughs> sure. stuff that you haven't watched. There's just so much. We live in a world now. It, it used to be that if you miss something, you miss it. It's like, oh, did you watch The Wonder Years tonight? No, oh, I missed it. Well, guess what? Now you'll never see it. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> now it's like, did you miss I Love Lucy? What do you mean? Season two, episode four, you can go watch. It, everything's available. So I'd, there's probably something better you haven't watched. So unless you need to be in the zeitgeist, I would argue go find something else. Hey. Yeah, in our old skill, this is like one of those that you can watch on TV with commercials. In our new skill, you don't have to rush out and see it. Like if you're bored on a on a Thursday and you decide to put it on while you're working, that's fine too. I mean, we might as well use our old score, old scale because theaters are open again. People are coming back. <laughs> I mean, so like this would be a dollar theater to me. I, okay. I I think it gets by on the both hilarious and unintentionally hilarious charm that it has um, and adds a good amount of Mortal Kombat style action to it. I think if you if you like that other film, the previous one, like there it's it's neat to see a newer version of that, even if it doesn't succeed it. And it's still better than many other video games and movies that I've seen. So like in that realm, it's like, yeah, it's fine. It, it does a certain level of job that I wouldn't necessarily rush out to see, but I still think it's not a waste of your time. There you go. All right. So we've talked, Mortal Kombat. We've talked well, about 50 million already, so it looks potentially like another hit for James Wan's Atomic Monsters. They've been making bank so far. Yeah, so hopefully so. the second one's like Mortal Kombat 2 Tournament. Yeah, they have one. <laughs> oh, Creation. Because wasn't Annabelle Creation good? Yes, yeah. Okay, so we'll do, we'll do Mortal Kombat Creation, and then uh, and then Mortal Kombat Comes Home. <laughs> <laughs> That's it entirely in Gary I like Indiana. it. I like oh. it, yeah. It'll be the Ouija 2 of Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Ouija and Annabelle, which are, they have the same trajectory as far as, they made really good sequels to terrible first movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, so that's a Mortal Kombat review. Let's move on now. Let's get to, hey, what, what time is it here? Aaron, it's time for a quick game. Uh, that's actually the tune that Raiden comes into, but he's like, yeah, I want to surprise people. Not we need Raiden fights. Up. That's what we need. Like, he's all sitting there like, I'm a god. I can't do anything. Also, Raiden. not enough Raiden funny jokes. Yeah, he's so. no Christopher Lambert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't slug any henchmen's arms. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a game for you guys this week. It's called On a Scale Of. This is a vi- live action video game edition where I will read you guys a movie title, and if you guys know the Metacritic score, I'm going to ask each one of you, the closest person who gets it, we're not doing presses right rules, so you can go over, uh, but um, if you guys know the, the closest score for this Metacritic movie that I'll be naming, uh, let me know what it is, and uh, I'll see who's right. So we're just naming so, what we think the score for many of these, what I assume are terrible yeah. movies. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the live action, some of them are great. The first one here uh, is Wing Commander, uh, Aaron, what do you think Wing Commander got on Metacritic's rating, which is on a scale of 0 to 100? Wing Commander. Um, 14. 14. Christian, what do you think Wing Commander got? 52. 52. And Mark, what do you think Wing Commander got? 2. 2. Aaron, you're the closest. It got 21. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Uh, the next one here, Hitman from from 2007. So, Mark, what do you think Hitman got? 37. 
37. Christian, what do you think? 42. 42. And Aaron, what do you think, Wing Commander Guy? Hitman? Mm-hmm. From 2007. You said Wing Commander. Hitman. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, 33. I do love 30... this of Timmy Ollie, though. Timmy Ollie's the great, the greatest. <laughs> Justified, baby. So because we didn't do Price is Right rules, you guys, Aaron and, and Mark, you guys are both two-way. It's 35. Oh, what so Mark say? for that one, what's that? <laughs> what Mark say? Mark said 37. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So for that one, to tie break, uh, what do you think its worldwide box office was at the time of this recording? Uh, Aaron, what do you think the worldwide box office was for Hitman? Well, they made another one, so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they made it. Good logic, yes. Um, worldwide, uh, 125. Okay. Mark, what do you think worldwide? One, 147. It's 101, so Aaron, you right. get that. Hey. Wait, isn't uh, Hitman I... 47? Did I pull that from somewhere? Uh, that must have been the, set, my... the second one is Hitman colon Agent 47. Yeah. Whoa. With Robert Friend. To everybody. Um, uh, the next one here, Christian, what do you think Laura Croft Tomb Raider uh, has on Metacritic? And this is the most recent yeah. Um, uh, I'll go back to my original 52. <laughs> I like this. Aaron, what do you think uh, Lorecraft got? I'll say around 40. 40. And Mark, what do you think Lorecraft I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live on the edge and say 62. 62. I dig it. The person who's closest is Aaron. It's 33. Aaron, Aaron running away with this. Yeah, because these are all terrible. I, I, mean, I feel like the pattern like is really easy to get here. Go low. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to circle back to you first, Aaron. Warcraft from 2016. What do you think Warcraft got? I define my logic because this one's a little higher, I think. <laughs> um, um, uh, Warcraft, let's do 45. 45, okay. Uh, Christian, what do you think Warcraft got? Right. Well, I'll take Aaron's advice and go uh, 22. 22, okay. And Mark. I'm going to live on the edge. 52. <laughs> That's Christian's answer. Uh, the right Wait. answer is 32. So what is this? What is this? 12 over? 13 over? Uh, Christian, you get it. You're 10 over. There you're you 10 under. Aaron, <laughs> you got to take your own advice, my friend. <laughs> I always lose these games. This is wonderful. <laughs> well, you might not lose this next one here. Uh, well, it's good because Mark, you know, he writes for, for Rotten Tomatoes and he chose Metacritic, so it works out this way. <laughs> I, I could have gotten the Rotten oh, Where am I? <laughs> right. This next one here, 2018's Tomb Raider. Christian, what do you think 2018's Tomb Raider got? Wait, didn't we just do that? We did 2001, which is the one with um, Angelina Jolie. And then uh, this one oh, with, I confused uh, them. Maybe, maybe that's... I, I said that. um, you got an Academy Award winner on it, but it was still... Uh, fifth, I mean, 52. I have a hard time. <laughs> okay. No, I like so, it. It's 52. Mark, what do you think uh, 2018's Tomb Raider got? 61. 61. And Aaron? Damn. Uh, <laughs> I'll 56. 56. Christian, you get it. It's 48. Ah. Huh. Kudos to you. All right. Now we're back I'm to... too optimistic 19- here. Oof. 1995's Mortal Kombat. Mark, what do you think Mortal Kombat got from, from our, our youth, our childhood? 45. 45. Uh, Christian, what do you think? 
Yeah, it's when it, I don't quite understand how these things work. It's like at the time it was probably like 70s, but looking back at it now, it, yeah, it's probably like 40. I'll say 40. 40. Okay. And Aaron, what do you think 1995's Mortal Kombat at? Um, <laughs> let's do 47. I feel like 40. I should have said 52. You should have said 52 because it's 58, oh, and Aaron, oh. you get that point. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, a few more here. Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, who did we start off with last time? I think we started off with Mark last time. Uh, oh. So, let's case then. Christian, what do you think Sonic the Hedgehog um, from 2020, just last year, uh, received on Metacritic? I'll say 70. 70. Okay. Aaron, what do you think? Um Sonic the Hedgehog Cat. 61. 61. And Mark? 52. 52, 52 is the closest because it's 47. <laughs> so you're you're on the board now. Take oh. Christian's strategy. 52. Uh, <laughs> a few more. Uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Aaron, what do you think Prince of Persia got? It's fucking easy. 23. 23. Okay. And Mark Hoffmeyer? 52. 52. <laughs> And Christian, I'm gonna take Aaron's advice on this one. Five, five. It is fifty. So wow, Mark for Prince of Persia, got <laughs> that one. That's better than Sonic. No way. Yeah, this game what, is flawed. What were, <laughs> <laughs> what were yeah, Prince, know, Prince of Persia? <laughs> Strange. I don't know. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, Mark Hoffmeyer, what do you think? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Let it ride, baby. Fifty-two. Fifty-two. <laughs> <laughs> i feel i feel oddly uh, attacked here um <laughs> my name now is scorpion <laughs> i'll call you that for uh, for the rest of the show uh let's go uh 38 38 and aaron what do you think annihilation got he's gonna win this one 13 <laughs> it is 11 boom so, yeah. i was gonna say 12 and i went up <laughs> yeah the last one here rampage uh from 2018 christian what do you think or scorpion sorry scorpion what do you think uh, <laughs> rampage got from from a metacritic standpoint remember this voice um, <laughs> you survived <ooh>. hell <laughs> i spent my lifetime trying to finish watching the movie rampage and i conquered it <laughs> Uh, I'll go 22. 22. Aaron, what do you think Rampage got? 51. 51. And Mark? I was going to say 52, but I don't like doing that. So I'll jump up to 57. You should have said 52. You still would have lost to Aaron. It's 45. Ah. But uh, with that, uh, that was on a scale of Metacritic Edition for live action video game movies. Aaron, you ran away with that one uh, with uh, 6 to two to two uh so kudos on the on the tie there gentlemen scorpion and mark hoffmeyer i feel like i should give scorpion my two points that well if you do then i'll, I'll allow it so scorpion you're in second place with four <laughs> i'll look at those points and to them i say get over here um, <laughs> boom. which is a reference to something so maybe people will like that yeah it's a shinobi um anyway. oh yeah <laughs> classic shinobi he's back He's back. All right. <laughs> Good game, Abe. Thank you. Thanks. Let's, that was uh, fun. Thank you. Yeah. 
Let's uh, let's move into some feed some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us some answers. A little light this week. <laughs> okay, we're gonna make up for it because uh, we've got a lot of things here. But the first question is who is your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Chris has Sonya Blade and Katana. Um my favorite Mortal Kombat character uh, is is Raiden because I always liked that he had the hat and I liked his outfit when I was a kid. You like a good hat on a character in a video game. I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, favorite Mortal Kombat characters from Scorpion or uh, the rest of the panel? I, um, I mean, John. I, oh, sorry. I, I like the concept of Agoro. Like that's just mm-hmm. he's like he's got four arms and he's like half dragon. That's fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, I I always like Baraka for some reason. There's something about like his all his all this his deal, his teeth, his big mm-hmm. his arms with blades on him. It's like that's fun. <laughs> as as Scorpion, I feel like it's uh, hard for me to say this, but I've always liked Sub Zero. <laughs> <laughs> you dishonor your clan. <laughs> Mark Sub Zero was pretty cool. I oh, like his me... fatalities. It's got to be Johnny Cage, just because I like Lyndon Ashby in Mortal Kombat, and his plan to defeat Goro was to punch him in the balls, and then and take, works. and then take him to a cliff, and it was beautiful. It was a wonderful plan. You gotta watch Tom that. Woodruff Jr.'s creature design is wonderful. It just couldn't so it's move Tom, much. It's so. Tom Woodruff Jr. It's the it's that I I thought it was Sam yeah. Winston. Sam Wood, okay, good enough. <laughs> and then he uh he yeah then he took advantage of it. It was awesome. You gotta watch that Scorpion's Revenge. Uh, they, they got Joel McHale doing Johnny Cage. It's pretty fun. Ooh, yeah. that's a good Johnny Cage. Yeah, he, he fits really well. <laughs> uh, next question here. What's your favorite Mortal Kombat fatality? We didn't get a, an answer for this one, which is a shame, because I think there's a lot of them. But do you guys have a favorite Mortal Kombat fatality? Death I mean, by Spoon. Death by Spoon. Absurd does have like that nice like uh, freeze you and then blow you up kind of thing. Although, it, he doesn't really blow you. He just throws you into like the acid water, doesn't he? Well, there's a lot of them, but, um, but yeah, I'm talking about like the yeah the the ninety or the the old Sega ones. No, there's certainly a one where Sub Zero freezes you and then like blows and up, shatters your... you. Yeah, then shatters you. Okay, T one thousands you. Does Goro pull people in half, or is that just the movie? Because I like the visual of that. I have little doubt that there's a version in the video game where Goro pulls somebody in half. <laughs> I'll take that one because it's I love that painting that someone drew up on the wall. And Kano yeah. makes a reference to it. That's my that's my favorite. There's, there's a lot of colors in that one. <laughs> Outworld has their rock guy, and uh, Raiden's fortress has their mural person. <laughs> <laughs> it's a regular UCLA versus USC. <laughs> Christian, any, any favorite fatalities? I, I like a lot of the OG ones. I mean, uh, Sub-Zero's head spine rip is always fun. And then same with Raiden's uh, head pop. Electricity head pop is a, is a good one. There you go. That's where I lean. I, I like a good head pop. I do, Like, Jax did one in the movie, which I enjoyed. He, he clapped. He's, he got a, he's got a funny line afterward. He kind did. of funny line. What does he say? I forget. These motherfuckers work. Yeah, that's right. Because I like that Jax has like, his like, little scrawny arms for so much of the movie. <laughs> he gets these big ones and he's all happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next question is, what are your favorite social moves in any fighting game? Uh, I'm not going to lie. The in, in a later version of Street Fighter, Ken has the, the fire uh, Shoryuken. And that's a nice uh, ending combo. 
um, super. Um, Liu Kang's bicycle kick is up there, but probably all-time favorite special move is just the Daytona USA car doing anything and Fighters <laughs> Mega Mix. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, there's a couple. One, I agree with the bicycle kick. That's always been one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like in Smash Brothers when you play as Fox McCloud, you can summon the Landmaster tank and blow people off the screen, which is super fun. And the, and the other one is uh, Marvel versus Capcom playing as Iceman. You can just like make a giant ice ball and throw it down on people. That's fun. That's just a, that's just like yeah, he's Iceman. Why wouldn't he do that? That's a fun game, by the way. Marvel versus Capcom and Marvel versus Capcom two and three. A lot of uh, yeah, a lot of frenetic pace in in those games. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mark? Any any special moves from any fighting game? I like the Doctor Mario. Doctor Mario throws a pill. Uh-huh. In Smash Brothers. <laughs> I liked the... And Tekken? Tekken Tag. I used the two lion guys. I really like their uppercuts and boxing. And then I would just annoy people with raiding going back, back, forward. Or yeah. E-Honda doing that stupid <laughs> arm thing. The hundred, just... the hundred hand slaps, of course. hundred yeah. hand slap, yeah. Same thing with then... Blanc and his electricity. It's like, come on, man. Stop cheating. People get so mad at me. And I, I was like, learn how to defend it. Then, I, yeah. then someone did it to me, and I'm like, I hate myself. I've been this person. So then I changed my ways. Do you think that the guys from uh, your next were like, you know, we need a we need an animal costume? They're like, let's go watch Tekken again, and uh, yeah, there you go, animal animal costume. Yeah, kings. Okay, yeah. let's pick a bunch of kings. <laughs> yeah, they said that in the commentary. That's what. Happened. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> next question: Who has a story about playing or seeing Mortal Kombat when it first came around in the '90s? Chris writes, not much of a story, but I saw it at the cinema in France, very badly dubbed. Still haven't seen it in English. Wow. Okay. Uh, was in '95 I went and watched another movie, but the doors were open to Mortal Kombat, and it was the scene where the first Mortal Kombat theme pumps in, and they're fighting the henchmen. Mm-hmm. And I felt I was like, I want to watch this movie, and then I had to go watch like Tom and Huck or something instead. <laughs> and I came back the next day to watch Mortal Kombat, but that was like I just watched it. And I was like, this you, is amazing. You were a good patron. You did not double dip on the same day, Mm-mm. but you I'm, know. I would buy tickets for, like, White Fang 2 and go watch The Crow. I was that kind of kid. Oh, but, okay. Or, like, Multiplicity and go see Frighteners. But I was kind of stoked to maybe watch Tom and Huck. I don't know if it was that movie. but I mean, well, it, it had JTT and Brad, Brad Renfro. So, I mean, you're, you're on a good pace right there. <laughs> Simba himself. I'll, I'll never forget that. Like it, it, and that was such a great point earlier. It felt so special hearing that music and seeing the fights. And I had the video game. And so just seeing that felt epic to me. Like there, I guess there's so much media right now that doesn't feel epic, but I remember that feeling of just, wow, this is amazing. So that's mine. Nice. Well, buying the soundtrack is more, I, I mean, I just, everybody knows the scream, but I don't know if everybody every day in their head just sings to themselves, Johnny Cage is not afraid to die. Like that's the moment. <laughs> and that's a deep cut. You know, you gotta, you gotta get the full soundtrack. And I, uh, I think it was at a warehouse, um, what warehouse, the warehouse. And yeah, I like that. It, it changed my life. You know, like, Oh, Forrest Gump's got a great soundtrack. Get out of here. Forrest Gump. It's easy <laughs> to put. Don't get over here. Of, Forrest Gump. <laughs> don't get over here. It's easy to put together a collection of hits and repackage it and say, it's good. It's one thing to say that Johnny Cage is not afraid to die. Cause that says, <laughs> 
so much about who Johnny Cage really says is. a lot about the character. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not afraid to die, except for the moments where he explicitly seems like he's pretty afraid to die in that movie. <laughs> but he still goes out like a champ. I mean, he doesn't even Ooh. go out. He, he, he beats Goro. He beats him. Yeah. And, and he then he beats Scorpion in his, uh, in his Scorpion underworld. And he does a friendship. He gives him an autographed photo. That's right. <laughs> Your biggest fan, Johnny Cage. It's, look, it's look at, like it, it's kind of like a taunt, but it's a great finishing move. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean, uh, Christian. That's what you're speaking to too when it comes to like how to incorporate stuff. That like the tone of that movie is very fitting for a moment of an autographed Johnny Cage photo to pop. It just it feels like it works. Like it's really stupid and cheesy, but it's like yeah, all right, I can go with that compared to something like this movie. And yeah. it was a kid in King Arthur's Court that I went to watch. I just looked up the box <laughs> oh, office with, thing. With, so with Daniel Craig and Kate Winslet, that movie. Yeah, that classic. Yeah. Wow. The kid from Rookie of the Year. That's what it was. Yeah. Thomas Ian e. He saves that kingdom. Well, the next question is, uh, what's the most violent action movie you've seen? Chris has probably The Night Comes for Us and The Raid 1 and 2. Also, Bordering Horror, Tokyo Gore Police, and Meatball Machine. Any super violent action movies you guys have seen? Well, Ricky O, the story of Ricky, obviously. I mean, I, it's got to be the night recently night comes for us. I mean, the, the meatpacking fight, just the gore. I mean, the director, he's doing the Train to Busan remake, but he had done the VHS 2 cult clip beforehand. Yeah, uh, and with him the director of the Raider Raid 2. <laughs> yeah, and that movie is just like fingers are sliced and pulled off and there's just bloodletting and arm losing and, oh, it's beautiful. Ah. <laughs> uh, Love that movie. Yeah. The, oh my gosh. Yeah. If you're looking for a movie with a lot of heavy fatalities um, that does a lot of fighting, Night Comes for Us, which is on Netflix and very easy to watch right now, <laughs> it certainly does the job. There you go. Yeah. shoves bottles down people's throats in it. Oh man. And not oh, to recycle them. He doesn't even take the cap off. Oh, oh what a guy. And drink while being stabbed in the throat. <laughs> Christian, I'm curious. Do you get to? I mean. I understand you could you could just not watch movies with your family all the time, but do you watch like a lot of violent movies these days? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just don't. I don't. You know, people go to bed. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely watching Invincible and yeah, uh, that is pretty violent. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's pretty, the boys. Um, I guess I guess I wonder because I mean maybe you're just not in like that kind of mood as often, but I I don't know. I'm just curious. No, I, yeah. I mean, I think The Boys season one and season two are excellent. Invincible is excellent. I think for me, probably the answer here, and it's maybe not the most violent I've ever seen, but it just kind of like tired me out on a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give a specific example movie, but there was just that like, was it late 90s or maybe early 2000s Eli Roth era? And not mm-hmm. even his films. I'm just like. like yeah, that, just, the, or, the, or, the quote unquote torture porn era of yes, horror movies. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Don't need that anymore. Right. <laughs> right. I saw the devil. That's a gnarly, violent movie. Oh, that one's great. Yeah, uh, um, Kim Kim Ji Woon movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Next one here. Last question. What's your favorite fighting game, and who would you cast in a film adaptation? <laughs> uh, Street Fighter, and they already cast a perfect cast uh, in the 1995 movie. Yeah, who played Ryu? Uh, that one guy. <laughs> So it's Byron Lee, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Byron Lee? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I know I know another friend named Byron. I'm going to bring it up to him. Uh, yep. Anything any from you guys? Favorite fighting game? Probably Virtua Fighter 2. Um, I mean, as I remember it, because it just blew me away when it came out. Um, and I'd probably cast a NASCAR car as... Um, 
you know, the cameo providers mega mix. <laughs> I would trust casting to people much smarter than myself. <laughs> uh, mine would be Streets of Rage 2, specifically. Uh, Streets of mm-hmm. Rage in general, though. And I, I don't know, you just get the cast of Guardians. You get Drax as uh, David Batista as, as Max, the big guy. You get a, there you go. You get a Chris Pratt in there. You could, I guess, <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. Specifically, Rocket, not Bradley Cooper, but Rocket Raccoon uh, is the kid with the skates. And uh, what's her name? Saldana is, the, is, is Blaze. There you go. You got a whole cast already. Ready, ready to go. <laughs> now they're just on the streets fighting like anybody that gets in their way because they're full of rage on the streets. Right. Street Fighter. Boom. Chris yeah. Klein. Chris Klein back, Ash. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Klein. That performance was on. I think I fell asleep during that movie when I first watched it, but for the first half an hour or so, his performance is beautiful. Nash. Oh, man. It's so the good. kind of thing where at the time people were saying, this is bad acting, but now you look at it as like, there's no way someone could do this not knowing what they're doing. Like, no one's like oh. watching the dailies and being like, I guess that works. Like, they know what kind of performance that is on the, on the day. So, I listened to the commentary, and I used to say that. I used to think that Klein put on, or like, this was like a performance art. He got it. He understood the movie. But then during the commentary, the director's like, you did such a great job here, man. And Klein's like, thanks. You know, I really tried to capture the essence. And I was like, oh, man, I can't talk about <laughs> loving this performance anymore. Because he's like, yeah, I just wanted to get the earnestness of it. And I was like, oh. I <laughs> he's an artist, man. Yeah. yeah. True artist. it's him and the guy that made the goro sculpture those are the two those are the two or two true artists that are out there i think (laughs) all right that's on now feedback (laughs) feedback 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 and with that that's going to do it for this week's episode about now with aaron and abe uh you can find more of my work on my personal blog the code everything i do ends up over there i'm also writing it we live entertainment and why so blue and i do have a mortal Kombat article coming out about in uh, variety pretty soon and i'm on twitter at aaron's ps4 abe I'm more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag toasty. <laughs> uh, Christian Spicer, where can people find more of you online? Well, you can find me as Scorpion in every Mortal Kombat <laughs> 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 ever come out. Uh, Twitter's the best place, at Spicer. I also co-host the video game podcast, DLC, which you can find at 5x5.tv slash dlc or wherever you get your podcasts um the official the last of us podcast is available wherever you consume your podcast and covers with the creators of the game uh the first game and the second game as well really great in-depth conversation with folks over at naughty dog and a behind the scenes look at, at how those stories came to be and then if you want a little bit more of my long form writing i started a newsletter this year and you can find that at uh tinyletter.com slash christian spicer and it's just a very personal informal way to uh talk about video games and pop culture hardy recommend to that um official last of us podcast by the way among the other things you do i like the things that you do so, but, hey, um, i'm gonna sign up for that newsletter now but that uh but yes that uh, that last of us podcast is really cool to hear all your interviews with the various people involved with the games uh mark hoffmeyer where can people find more of you online Movie Films and Flicks, that's on Twitter, the Mark Hoffmeyer on Twitter. Then I recently figured out how much of The Rock sweat in Fast Five, so you can read that data article in Movie Films and Flicks, and I compared it to the rest of the characters. It's very weird. Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. We just had the director, John Pogue, and Tanya Raymond, the star and director of Deep Blue Sea 3 on. We asked them if they're doing a sequel. They didn't confirm anything, but they did say Shark Week 2022, so we might be getting a Deep Blue Sea 4. Very excited. And then check out my stuff on Rotten Tomatoes. I work on the Versus videos that you can see on Peacock or YouTube. Then I help with the podcast, Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. Then I write for the Film Theorists. 
I got some videos coming out that are really weird. I don't want to spoil them, but they're odd. <laughs> and I went to some dark places. Uh, one of them is about child's play. So I think you're really going to like that. And then I have Minions, and then I have 101 Dalmatians, some other weird videos for film theorists. But that's where you can find my stuff. Great. Nice. Yeah. You can find all the other episodes about Now Theory and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Power Mac, and HHBLOD. Feel free to email us at nowpodcast at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash podcast or Twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And, of course, our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Mark, Christian, thank you both very much for joining us today. Thank you both. It was great. Yeah, thanks for having me. On a scale of 100, I'd give it a 52. <laughs> <laughs> How dare I you take a little... Scorpion's answers? I'd aim a little <laughs> lower. I'd take Aaron's advice. <laughs> <laughs> it still rounds out to a below, below average, so there we go. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but no, thank you both for being here. Thank you, listeners, for listening. We'll be back next week with more fun stuff. But until next time, so long. And goodbye. Goodbye.